I'm very pleased to introduce none other than the editor of Bitcoin Magazine and contributor to Forbes, the foremost Bitcoin historian out there, and my dark horse pick for Satoshi Nakamoto, wow. Pete Rizzo. Welcome to Bitcoin Magazine Live. Oh, that's uh, one I haven't heard. What's up, guys? Can you hear me? We good? We can. I think we're good. Very cool. What is up, man? How welcome back to your undisclosed location somewhere in the great country of the United States. Yeah, I like that it looks uh, like a, a grandmother's house, like compared to it really guys. does. I wasn't gonna say anything, so I'm glad you brought it up. It looks like you're living inside of like a, <laughs> like a scale model reconstruction. Very, very dark, yeah. 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 Hey, to well. be clear, Pete Rizzo is coming to us live from his home, which looks like your grandmother's home. So can't, can't confirm. I want to start first. You were a bit block boom. I was, a, yes. how was it? And B, what is up with your disrespect of the term orange pilling? Where do you want me to start? Those are two very different questions. One, I went to Texas and saw a Bitcoin conference and had a generally good time. Two, the definition of orange pilling. Yeah, pet peeve. I, I want to retire the word. I don't I don't like it. I can expound on that. I think it, I think it's gross. That's the headline. I'm not a fan of the word orange billing. So all right, let me just start off with the rant there because I think I got a, I got a mostly polished stuff. But you know, if you want to think about it, like what's the goal of us as like Bitcoiners or Bitcoin maximalists, it should be to encourage people to adopt Bitcoin to like choose Bitcoin over alternatives. And I feel like the problem with orange pilling is that, you know, the phrasing just sort of deprives any agency, right? You're not saying, oh, I orange pilled that person. Therefore, that person like made a smart decision, like made the right choice. The action of the word actually relates to you and like not the beneficiary. <laughs> so that's like the fucked up imbalance, number one. Uh, and then two, you know, there's just the idea that it's like a competition, right? There's no qualitative assessment of like how good you were at orange pilling, right? So it just says that like the goal of you orange pilling that person was better than whatever reasoning that you did, right? So you could have just like made up any old fucking thing about Bitcoin. And if then you orange pilled that person because you did that, that was good. So there's no qualitative assessment of your orange pilling. And then there's sort of the just general sort of like, you know, notch on the bedpost style, kind of like hunter gatherer connotation of it, where it's like, you should, you know, orange pill as many people as possible. And then the, you are the big orange pillar in this. Therefore you have like a lot of clout, right? So I, I just think that, you know, so we're going to talk about some of the, you know, I think, you know, Bitcoin culture, right? When we're talking about Bitcoin maximalism, we're talking about Bitcoin culture. I think our use of the word orange pilling like says a lot about us and it doesn't actually say anything that uh, that positive about what we value. It, it says that we sort of value our own ability to, you know, sort of convince other people of something more than like their choice. And if we are a, a group that values freedom, that that is something that we should <laughs> look at, I think. And we should ask some questions about why we use those words. So I'll get off my soapbox there now that I've convinced you to also retire the term. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to second Diogenesis the Great's motion of change it to orange suppositorying. Mm. So going forward, I will at least see you. Well, why why do people just choose Bitcoin? I think like, you know, like the, it puts the agency where it's supposed to be, which is like you want, you, we want people to choose Bitcoin, right? We want them to do that. So therefore like orange pilling, it just gets the whole thing backwards. Like, you know, it just, it's very infuriating because it, it encourages like the wrong parts of the culture and, it, mm. and then it rewards people for doing that. And so I hate that my like definition of why orange pilling is bad is so intellectualized because I know that it's like painfully over intellectual. I mean, it's, it's very valid. Like everything that I just said to you, you're like, oh, he's right. But also fuck that guy. That's like the second reaction to that. <laughs> I have a no, no, no. Like, <laughs> like I actually, I love, I love the, the critique of, 
it shouldn't be forced and rather than maybe it, like, it is precisely the use of force with orange filling that is so gross totally like i think something to the tune of like a mentorship almost is more more accessible at least for someone like me like also where, what like, is it what does it mean like did you convince that person to put money in bitcoin did they put all of their money in bitcoin do they just think bitcoin's a reasonable idea like there's no it just doesn't say anything about, about the interaction at all I think, uh, you know so i have two thoughts one i just to go back to the suppository comment i think what you're saying is that the idea of orange pilling someone has a negative connotation but if someone is giving themselves a suppository like an orange suppository then that <laughs> is a thing we can all get behind i feel like because that, that have a negative connotation agency. so much as that it says that we prize certain things over other things and then if you actually kind of pull apart like what are the things that it that it actually values it actually values things that are like pretty selfish or like judgmental or just like aggrandizing yeah. to you as like an individual and i think that's you know if we are a freedom movement if bitcoin is for freedom and then we, and, it, and this is about personal agency then that is backwards and then we should actually have use a phrase that actually encourages personal agency because that's actually more aligned with our ideals whereas orange billing is like you know a commodification of that and like yeah. a kind of gross way yeah gross like i keep going back to the word gross like orange billing is a gross term to to be pilled to pill other people like i don't i've never pilled anyone like i've never you know joe rogers oh, bro like, you haven't lived until you built know, apparently someone pilled him one time and it was a great experience you know i, oh, I don't know God. i just don't know who associates that with like any positivity you know <laughs> yeah like, oh man, the last time I was pilled, you know, really great, really great experience that I really enjoyed that. It does have a weird connotation. I think pilling in general, like we talk about like, yeah, it's, it's very, very weird. Well, yeah, just yeah. get rid of that word. It's just every time I hear it, I just, you know, but again, I just, I don't like a lot of words. So, you know, just one of, can you give us a list? Can you give us a list of the top three words you don't like? Not related to Bitcoin necessarily, just. Well, they're all in Bitcoin, right? <laughs> I think, you know, cults is getting, getting thrown around a lot. Like people are using cults very colloquial now. Usually the people who are kind of to like derogatory against Bitcoin maximalists, right? Or Bitcoiners, right? Cult is like really in fashion. And then oftentimes when you ask people, well, like who's part of the cult and like, what does the cult believe? Like the answers are, are very big and often there is no cult there when you kind of get to the bottom of it. And then shitcoin is the other one, which is also super vague and like uninteresting and just sort of, you know, what is a shitcoin? Apparently everything, including that you could possibly buy other than Bitcoin, uh, which is just seems very overly broad and seeing that most Bitcoin maximalists regularly. I mean, I was at the conference, as you mentioned, and everybody seemed to be taking Uber. Uh, so unless they were paying with Bitcoin somehow, I mean, I assume that they're paying in US dollars to get to and fro the conference. So yeah, that's also a weird term. Don't really understand what that means. But I like to look for these like areas of the Bitcoin culture and sort of because again, like words... This is where I break from the herd a little bit. It's like words have to have direct meanings. And then if they don't, they don't mean anything. And then if they don't mean anything, they're just sort of like random dog whistles for sentiment. It's like, oh, I hate that. I hate shit coins, man. Get me too, bra. It's like, we both we both hate shit coins, dog. It's like, there's no content exchanged in that conversation. It's like, you didn't say anything relevant and yeah i mean generally i've found in my experience in cryptocurrency at large right because i my background is i was a cryptocurrency reporter for many years is it's the same sort of thing like if you hate buzzwords you should just hate all shitty words and a generally good thing that has served me well in cryptocurrency is like looking for words that objectively have no meaning and then just trying to figure out what they mean because those tend to be some of like the deepest questions so the one that i've been kind of noodling on the most is like what is Bitcoin maximalism? Like, do, does it have a definition? Like, does it mean anything to anyone? Or is it just sort of a useless word that like some people use to identify with a group? I think like the worst case scenario for Bitcoin maximalism is just 
you know, it means like your friends, like at the end of the day, right? And there's actually no greater value system that it, that it aspires to. I don't think that's true. I think like in my recent article, I was able to convince myself the Bitcoin maximalism like objectively is a thing. But yeah, I mean, no, no, I think like generally if you're a person in the space and you want to understand how to navigate it, you know, there's a great article from the, if you really want to go back into the archives from Nakamoto Institute, which is like everyone's a scammer. And that is true both in crypto and, and usually also in Bitcoin, right? These people have kind of been orange pills or that are now using like, these whatever words, right? So you can also scam yourself by like getting attached to some idea that doesn't make any sense. So yeah, I've been really trying to figure out Bitcoin maximalism. And it's come at a lot of, at a time when a lot of people just feel a lot of things about Bitcoin maximalism. It's obvious like people are very defensive about it. It's obviously there's some group that wants to attack it. So then you have to ask like, what is it? <laughs> right? Does it objectively exist? I don't know. I feel like that's important, but you know, happy to be a minority on that. So well, I think there's something interesting in your perspective on maximalism and, and kind of what we've just discussed briefly with this concept of orange pilling. And mm. I think there's this idea where there's a, a class of Bitcoin maximalists who wholeheartedly believe it's Bitcoin and nothing else. And there seems to be this growing sentiment of if you have any idea outside of Bitcoin, you therefore are not as convicted as I am, or you are not as much of a maximalist as I am. And like, yeah. I, I definitely fall into that camp that like, I wholeheartedly believe in Bitcoin, but I also wholeheartedly believe during this transitionary period, there will be other things available to me and my family that I'm just going to need to utilize and capitalize that maybe my children won't well, have maybe to Maybe I can walk you I through like my questions for it. Right. So like, my question was like, okay, like first one is like, is there such a Bitcoin thing as Bitcoin maximalism? Like, is it possible to be described? And then I think if the answer is yes, then the second order question is like, is it good or bad? Right. So like, is, does it have a positive core? Like, is there something, is it, does it represent a system of values that are good or does it represent a system of values of bad? Right. Cause that, cause that's like sort of the core critique. Right. So like it's, it's often common that people will identify as groups, like before they actually like understand the value system they're in. So one of the things that I've been trying to figure out is like the claim of the people who are anti-Bitcoin maximalists, the, their claim is essentially that people who are Bitcoin maximalists are either ignorant, right? They're either ignorant people or, you know, they're belligerent. They're essentially being encouraged to sort of like attack like any any idea that is in Bitcoin, right? So that, that's kind of the charge, right? Is that, that it is Bitcoin maximalism that encourages those behaviors. So I'll just be like really specific about that, right? That, that's the current fight in the industry right now. There's this, this movement to label Bitcoin maximalism as just this bad movement that is motivated by bad things. So that, that was the question that I wanted to explore. And essentially, you know, in the article I wrote for Forbes, I basically laid out sort of like a nine point definition of like, okay, here are the values that I think actually represent Bitcoin maximalism. And then through that exploration, I th I'm pretty sure, again, I'm happy to like face disagreement and criticism on this is like, that these things are actually positive, like if you actually kind of single them out, if you say like, okay, the value system of Bitcoin maximalism is positive, you can say that it's antagonistic. It actually encourages people to be against certain things, but you could argue that any ideology of a sufficient scale also does that, but that it's not inherently bad, right? Because the, the, the meme that's sort of going around right now is that like the toxic maxis, right? So the toxic maxis is the, is the, is the claim. There's this group, that's the toxic maxis, and they're doing things that are bad, right? That's, that's as far as it goes. So I was like, I, what I wanted to do was basically carve out maximalism 
and then sort of like strip out toxicity. Because I, I actually do think that one of the biggest misconceptions in sort of the wider crypto world and even in Bitcoin right now is that like toxicity and maximalism are the same thing. They're not. They have like expressly different goals and they've been sort of fused together. So the exercise for Forbes was like one to kind of concretely define Bitcoin maximalism sort of like assert what the underlying values of that would have would have to be like if it's if it's a, a system and then to look at them and say like are these good or not and i think the end of that journey for me is i i think there is a definition of bitcoin maximalism that is one divorced from toxicity and that two like has a value set that is objectively good but i think because we haven't like focused on that value set and like people in the ecosystem don't know what that value set is there as what you're saying is is correct is that like the value system now is about like, oh, does this person think I'm bad? Does they think I'm I'm doing bad things? Am I a shit coiner? Like, oh, I better stop doing these bad things, right? So like, there's no awareness of the value set. And so people are sort of competing to be like the least bad person in other people's eyes without a solid definition. So I, again, I think like there's kind of getting the root of the problem. That That's how I approached it, right? So it was one, coming to a definition, two, stripping out, mac stripping out toxicity and maximalism, and then trying to kind of look at Bitcoin maximalism on its own and like assessing it and seeing if it was the definition was useful. And then so far, I think the feedback's been pretty positive. So. P, I love your take. Cause like you and I have a lot of conversations offline as well, just about like the necessity of maximalism. And I'm also curious just of this scale that we're starting to discuss, like where do you yourself P put yourself on the, are, are you guys yeah. are you guys toxic maximal like are you do you guys under when i say like bitcoin maximalism and toxicity are separate does that I'm that that registers for me registers i do not me. feel like i i have p you're muted yeah. i do not feel like i have enough of an understanding yet of a lot of the other technologies out there to be able to like like i'm not going to have today the conviction of someone like Corey to like read through a scam i'm able to like discern for me for me, literally, the fact that Satoshi, also known as Pete Rizzo, remained fully anonymous, that is so instrumental because I've become aligned with the camp of like defund the Fed, get rid of the Fed. And to me, every single one of these projects that have a CEO, that have a business, you've just reintroduced the Fed and given them even more power than the Federal Reserve today has. So that... For me, that will always sort of be my guideline of there's a hard cap, we have absolute digital scarcity, and we do not have a fucking leader. Those two things for me are what make Bitcoin infinitely better than any form of money in existence today. But I do not feel toxic about it. I would say that I, I do agree that there is a an important and very significant distinction between Bitcoin maximalism and, you know, toxic mac maximalism. Well, they solve um, two different problems, I think, at the end of the day. And I would describe, I'm curious, like, what do you think? I think, like, and I think toxicity is about how do we protect Bitcoin from ourselves? That's, like, why that movement was started. It said yeah, that like, we can't be trusted. You know, there was a kind of old Bitcoin maximalist, Mersha Popescu, who, you know, essentially his big insight was essentially there's no, in any cryptocurrency system, any proposed development upgrade is indistinguishable from an attack on Bitcoin. That was like his paradox. You can sort of call it Mersha's paradox. Mersha's paradox is like any- Wait, can you say that again? Can you just repeat uh, the statement? Mersha's paradox is, is any significant enough upgrade to Bitcoin is indistinguishable from an attack on Bitcoin. And so the, and the answer is like, there's no 
there's no way that there, it's an actual unsolvable problem, I think, and because you don't you, you simply don't know the motivations of others and you can't actually predict the future enough to, to know that. So therefore, toxicity was like his answer to that. And then what is toxicity? Toxicity was the assertion of that. I didn't have to go along. I didn't have to make change. I could be intolerant of the developer. I could be a ton of other people within the community. And it's my intolerance that protects me in Bitcoin. And Bitcoin allows me to be intolerant because it allows me to reject these changes. So, so toxicity evolved to solve a very specific problem. It was essentially, how can we protect Bitcoin from ourselves, the, the actual users, right? And it's interesting because you're starting to see other communities kind of realize that they need this, which is how you kind of know it's like it was an independent discovery, like with the ETH and Ethereum, you know, they're talking about user activated softworks right now, which is which is a bit of the same thing, right? It's It's how do we... How can we trust people in our group to like make the right changes for this economy? So anyway, like toxicity has a certain problem. And I think maximalism, to the extent that it independently exists, I think it has to answer the question of like, why is Bitcoin better than all the other cryptocurrencies? And then how does it advance and like, and then, you know, not replace them, but I put in the piece, like, you know, it minimizes them, right? We have to acknowledge that cryptocurrencies exist because we're not irrational people like we have to be able to say that these these softwares are actually alive in the world and that people are using them and that some of the things that they are using them for are valid right so then our effort as maximalists should be to minimize those things over time so i'll give you an example like that i laid out in the article which is essentially you know bitcoin is a settlement layer it's not it was not optimized for payments so we created the lightning network layer for payments, right? That was an effort by the developers in the ecosystem to create that. But at the same time, there were parallel efforts by other cryptocurrencies to launch payment specific cryptocurrencies, right? So this was the old, you know, if you went back to the Masari like research papers, you know, there were like payments cryptocurrencies were like a whole class. <laughs> there was like Dash, Monero, Bitcoin Cash, like there was, you know, all these payments cryptocurrencies. And then through the efforts of, I would argue, people who were being Bitcoin maximalist, they were furthering Bitcoin at the expense of other, you know, solutions that we have brought payments back to Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin now is a useful payment network and a settlement network. And my hypothesis is that that has to be what Bitcoin maximalism is if it is to have a definition because it, Bitcoin needs to advance and it, it by definition doesn't do everything today. So, that, so Bitcoin needs to expand. And I think this is something that's like kind of uncomfortable for a lot of Bitcoin maximalists. I'm not really sure why, because if you ask them for their day-to-day -day behaviors, Again, like the Uber example, they're not using no one in, in the whole industry is like using Bitcoin for everything. There's like some limitation <laughs> what you as a human being, like your whole life does not exist on the Bitcoin blockchain. That's just not a reality that anyone is currently living in. So then we have to accept that 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 there's that limitation and then we have to like work to further it. And that, and that has to be what maximalism is, I, I think. Otherwise, we would just have a relationship to Bitcoin where we wouldn't give a shit about it. And that, and you know what? That's fine. It's like, there's plenty of things. Like, I own this, this fucking stapler. I don't, I don't care about the stapler. I have no relationship. This object, I own it. I use it to staple pieces of paper occasionally. And I have no, I'm not part of a community that like is aligned behind like staples. Like, I'm not part of like, I don't go to like staple conferences. Like, it's something that I use like very practically. And so I think like at the heart of this thing is like, it's like, what is Bitcoin, <laughs> right? Is Bitcoin, and but like, no, seriously, seriously, because the cryptocurrency people, like the crypto agnostic group, as I define them, that's what they think that it is. Like Bitcoin is just digital gold. It's just a rock. It's like a paperweight. You just put value in it and, it, and that's it. And like maybe it'll go up over time. That is, they, they want to reduce Bitcoin to that. that. That is what they want to do. Because in order for there to be many useful cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin has to have a defined place within that universe. They have to be able to minimize Bitcoin and say, oh, Bitcoin is just this thing. It, it can't do all the things. It, it just does this. 
So like we need all these other things. And I and my my hunch is like I think that it's the express inverse reaction to that, which is the the drive to further Bitcoin like against that pressure that that is maximalism, which is where you get like kind of what Bitcoin maximalism is rebelling against is this this effort to put Bitcoin in a specific place and say, no, you can't do all the things like we need these other coins. Uh, and so back maximalism has to counteract that. So that's why I think they both independently exist and they're not the same. And so I don't know. Did you guys read through like the specific like points that I mentioned for maximalism? I don't the, know. The three, you, you made three points essentially, right? The three points you're talking about. Hey guys, this is Q from Bitcoin Magazine Live. Bitcoin Magazine and the team that brought you the world's largest Bitcoin conference is bringing the mission of hyper-Bitcoinization global with the inaugural European gathering this fall. Bitcoin Amsterdam takes place October 12th through 14th at the beautiful Westergaas venue in the heart of the city. Join thousands of Bitcoiners for three days of curated Bitcoin content that is relevant to the emerging Bitcoin scene in Europe and the global movement. Confirmed speakers include Dr. Adam Back, Alex Gladstein, Greg Foss, Ray Youssef, and many, many more. This will be an immersive conference which includes hands-on engagements at our Proof of Workshop stage, as well as exclusive content for VIP whales in the deep. Bitcoin Amsterdam's exclamation point will be a massive Bitcoin party and music festival that you won't want to miss. The European installment of Sound Money Fest takes place on day three of the event, October 14th, and admission is included with GA and whale passes. Check out all the details at b.tc forward slash conference and use promo code BMLIVE for 10% off. Ticket prices increase on August 21st, so grab your tickets today for €299 Euros for a GA ticket and €3,499 for VIP whale passes. If you're like me and want to gain a deeper understanding of what's going on within the Bitcoin market and broader macro environment, you need to subscribe to Bitcoin Magazine Pro today. There's both a free and paid version of this daily newsletter where our market analysts break down what's going on in the markets so you don't have to. Subscribe today at BitcoinMagazinePro.com. Here are nine principles that I think like pretty much everybody shares. And I don't, I still don't oh. know if everybody agrees on them. That's like one of the reasons I wrote that. Right. I was like, I was like, I think my hunch is like, if written down, most people would agree that these are sort of the shared value. But again, this is like, my point is that the definition has to come from an agreement on values. If, if ultimately Bitcoin maximalism is just us declaring that we're part of some club, then like Bitcoin is an NFT and then we're a conservative board ape yacht club. That's just how it would be. We would just be yeah. members. <laughs> some group. <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's an important point. I think it's like how are you not a conservative board of yacht club? Because if 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 owning Bitcoin, it's like that meme, you know, like <laughs> and you corporate needs you to distinguish between these two things. Yeah, they're the same thing. Like a world in which Bitcoin, like you owning Bitcoin, is enough, or like owning Bitcoin and simply hating another set of things, like is entrance into the club. Then congratulations, like you've created a club, like you've just you've you've done you've reduced Bitcoin to being something, to do, to being something in reality that functions in antithesis to what you are saying that you want. And there, so yeah. and again, this goes back to like my really stubborn insistence on definitions, which I think is the only reason like I've ended up in this place of being like in a million conversations about what maximalism is right now is because like. It took me so long to understand like why maximalism like had to exist. Like I, I for quite simply spent many years like being very confused <laughs> like about why, why there were people who held this view because I think it's very easy to just be agnostic. Like I was a cryptocurrency agnostic. Like I, I gave no shits about any of these fucking things. They didn't impact my life. I got up every day and I wrote funny stories about people doing dumb shit with their little coins. 
And I and I was able to live my life like completely divorced from any moral consequence of that. So, you know, what part of my effort was to to get away with it from that was, oh, OK, that's interesting. Like there are people who do think there's like deep moral consequences to this and then think I'm an asshole because like I, I don't actually hold those views. So like what are those? <laughs> OK, so what are those views? And, you know, that started my whole journey into, you know, I think trying to objectively define like what. Bitcoin maximalism essentially is because, uh, you know, it has to be one, it has to be worthwhile to care about and then it has to independently exist and then everyone has to recognize it. I, I mean, otherwise, you're, you know, the, then Bitcoin is what people say that then Bitcoin is the negative caricature of people that people are painting it. So I don't believe that. I've spent enough time that I do not think the toxic Bitcoin maximalists are trying to do anything bad for Bitcoin. Like, I truly don't. But I do think that they, I do think that we don't spend enough time as Bitcoiners or Bitcoin maximalists, however you want to find it, saying like, okay, here are the values that we should want to support. And, you know, how do we encourage them, right? Like, so a good example would be like, one of the points that I made here was, you know, a commitment to using Bitcoin to the greatest extent, right? That mm -hmm. someone who is a maximalist has to make a personal commitment to use Bitcoin as much as possible. I, by definition, definitionally, this has to be true. And if you are not doing that, uh, then you are not a Bitcoin maximalist in those instances. And then the question is, then, is does the culture encourage Bitcoin maximalism? And I spent some time talking with Udi Wurthermeyer about this. And he said his point was, you know, look at the HODL knot uh, fundraiser. You know, we don't encourage spending. We don't encourage people to, you know, uh, use Bitcoin. Therefore, Bitcoin maximalism actually encourages people being a miser. You know, like miserly, just hoarding these these things, right? We just we've discouraged discouraged spending, even to the most worthy of causes. And my point was essentially like, you could argue that the culture maybe is is not currently expressing that value, but the culture has to have that value. So then the question is like, do our actions align with that value, and are we doing enough to it, right? So I would say like for people listening, it's like, have you personally donated to defend Bitcoin, defendingbtc.com? If you have not personally donated <laughs> to probably the most important legal case in Bitcoin this year, if, if you as a Bitcoiner or Bitcoin maximalist, however you identify, have not done that, spend what a kind few of minutes Bitcoiner are you? Yeah. about why. Why have you not done that? Yeah. Is the answer because you want to acquire more Bitcoin and that you acquiring Bitcoin is, 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 is so important to you that it's greater than even the cause of Bitcoin itself? And then ask yourself, are you a Bitcoin maximalist? Because a Bitcoin maximalist definitionally has to make choices for Bitcoin. The other, the other point of mine that I think was like controversial was like, you know, the last one was a, a commitment to keeping Bitcoin open for all, right? And so I wrote, I'll just read, Bitcoin maximalists believe everyone in the world should use Bitcoin as money and that the Bitcoin economy will ultimately be used by people of all races, religion, nationality, you know. Oh no, did we lose Rizzo? I was going to say he's frozen. He'd been frozen for me for a second. He looks, it's, it's a perfect freeze frame though. Like he looks it? like it's like emphatic. All right. You know, make sure in. make sure we get a lot of screenshots of that so we can meme Pete Rizzo for the next week. I think that'd be a great thing to be memed for. But while we while we wait for him to jump back in, I mean, I, I have a few questions on his list, but I was going to kind of let him go and, and keep going down the travel. I mean, the easiest explanation for what he's saying is Bitcoin is for enemies here. I think that's part of it. I, I think jumping all the way back to an earlier part of the conversation, I, I think that. One thing that I have noticed, and I think that Rizzo is speaking to here as well in this article, and just in, in the way that he that he talks about these things is, if we do not hold ourselves accountable for asking difficult questions and 
spending time and intellectual energy answering them for ourselves, then we are, we, we, we willingly reduce ourselves to the caricature of coiners that the world wants to sort of create. And that's, that, that's doing ourselves a disservice and that's doing Bitcoin and the Bitcoin community a disservice. And go for it. No, 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 please go ahead. Uh, keep going. I feel like we're playing the game today where we're like, <laughs> we're both like super excited and also like a little under caffeinated. So under caffeinated today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fucking it up, as am I. But I think that, you know, Rizzo and I had a conversation at the conference. Oh, you're back. I'm back. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. We were it's like mid rant. Like, but it was, it was actually a perfect freeze frame. You were like this, like, but it was like the, the yeah, as long as it's thumbnail, you know. Yeah, it was good. Like, it was really good. Just know if you see that image of yourself circulating Twitter, it was not yeah. PRI who made you into a meme. I'll take responsibility. You know, I can't control what other Bitcoiners will do. You know. So I don't know exactly where we lost you, uh, Rizzo, but well, I think my point was that a Bitcoin maximalist would have to put Bitcoin over other ideologies or biases, like definitionally. You have to be willing to promote Bitcoin above every, above other things in all cases. And and my you know suspicion is that I don't think a lot of people who think they're Bitcoin maximalists are actually Bitcoin maximalists mm -hmm. because I think they're actually deferential to some other things. So a great example would be like you know. If you are if you think Bitcoin is a conservative technology that is here to advance like the U.S. conservative social movement, and then you are putting Bitcoin, you are putting that movement like ahead of Bitcoin. And you might not be a Bitcoin maximalist. You might be like a social conservative, like who is here to advance the political party associated with social conservatism over Bitcoin. Right. And that's not that's not bad. My argument would just be that your value set doesn't align with what I would independently consider what Bitcoin maximalism is, because ultimately, at the end of the day, if the success of the like Republican or Libertarian Party in the United States like matters more to you than like Bitcoin success, then you are just simply definitionally like not a Bitcoin maximalist. Uh, you may love Bitcoin a lot. You may think Bitcoin is super conservative, but it is specifically in that instance, like your unwillingness <laughs> to put Bitcoin above that political party that then makes you not a Bitcoin maximalist, in my view. No, th that that makes perfect sense. And I think I'm going to steal what P was what P was trying to say earlier of this idea that you either have to wholeheartedly believe in this and you can't carry in these other ideas. And I'm just going to use myself as the perfect example where... I get bashed sometimes when I bring up things like the incentives would have me be happy about student loan debt being paid off because I hold student loan debt. And a lot of Bitcoiners all across this YouTube chat and all across Twitter were very unhappy with me. And even asking me the question, how can you be a Bitcoiner if you like this? Like, how doesn't, what does it have to do with Bitcoin? I mean, if the people get money, like it's, how does that have any, how does it have anything to do with the operation of the Bitcoin software? In the, but in the it, world? It, it goes back to their belief system is not rooted in what's good for Bitcoin or not. It's what do I right. believe politically or socially should happen? And that is not I know held people are not up. Bitcoin maximalists and like the, it should be pointed out to them very clearly. I'd say the other group that like very subtly violates this is there's a group of people for whom like an insular, very judgmental Twitter culture is more important to them and like winning points like amongst their friends like is more important to them than bitcoin and it's very clear because they go doing shitty things <laughs> all the time and then they claim that it's in the best interest of bitcoin when in reality it's just to win points amongst their social group and you see this a lot on twitter oh no what is it we can't hear you talk again oh you're back. back we can hear you again now okay yeah 
Yeah, I mean, there's, there's people who will go back and they'll they'll viciously personally attack people who disagree with Bitcoin and they'll claim that this isn't the best interest of Bitcoin, that their actions are right. Like the best their best way that they have to convince this person that Bitcoin is good money is that they're just going to DDoS his house and like steal his credit card information or something like that in their head. Like that's, yeah, that is right. That's oh, totally. they have to be going through that thought process. So those people are not Bitcoin maximalists. They, they, they can't be Bitcoin maximalists because their goal is to advance their own personal interests over Bitcoins, right? So my point is, again, like, and I get a lot of pushback, especially from McCormick about this, where he, you know, asked me a ton of questions about like what Bitcoin maximalism is, or, oh, can you be a Bitcoiner? Who are you to say, like, who's a Bitcoin or whatever? I don't call myself a Bitcoiner. I don't call myself a Bitcoin maximalist. I, I try to prescribe to a set of values that I think are good for Bitcoin. Full stop. Like, I think the idea that we can be part of a Bitcoin social group, like Mercia had this great quote where it's like, there's, there's no Bitcoin community. There can't be. There is no Bitcoin community. There are simply people <laughs> using the software and running it on their computers and people who are not doing that. <laughs> like, there's not, there, there is no Some community. Some of those people may be in communities, but that is not defined Bitcoin. Just because well, you are, like, have done something for Bitcoin in the past that was good, like, that's because, like, this that has no bearing like on what Bitcoin is uh, and it can't. And my worry, my real deep worry is that we're becoming a culture that prioritizes doing the least uh, bad and not the most good. And I actually said this to a number of people at the conference this weekend in private conversations is that I think Bitcoin maximalism as a culture has the potential to be really scalable and really positive and like very influential. But because it is so ill-defined, and because it is so easily misconstrued and hijacked, what has happened is the system has become implicitly negative. It, it rewards people for doing the least bad as opposed to doing the most good. And the, the thing is, when you reward people for doing the least bad, what you are doing is you're giving the, them the incentive to not act and to also judge the actions of others. And I think it's very clear when you look across like the Bitcoin community today that this, this activity is like very prevalent. There are a lot of people who like would rather do nothing and like judge other people for their actions than take any action at all. And again, you know, there's some valid criticism to this. You know, Jimmy Song said, well, you know, a sin is a sin. And, you know, if you do a lot of good, you know, you still sinned. And I said, sure, but, you know, Bitcoin's not a religion. It's a technology movement. And, you know, we have to further Bitcoin as a technology. So therefore, we have to encourage other people to do so. Right. So my question now is, is this framework useful? Right. Does this judgment that we're imposing on ourselves actually achieve anything? And if so, what does it achieve? My steel man for it is essentially like best case scenario. Judgment helps us understand our values, but it, it is not good enough to advance those values. Our, our pure enforcement by like social judgment of those values is not enough. And I think I don't know if I could share his response to that, but he had a funny insight, which is essentially like, a, a, a world in which like the Bitcoin social culture prioritizes its own judgment of something over action is one in which we are socially proof of work because we're essentially Wait. using we're using our existing social capital as a way to validate other things and we're not independently independently assessing the work. Wait, 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 wait you wait, mean proof wait, of stake? <laughs> wait, proof of stake or proof of work? Yeah, you meant proof of stake, not proof of work. Yeah, that's what I said. A, a world in which we are using our own for socially, we're using our own social capital to judge to judge others for their actions is a world in which we become socially proof of stake. Yeah. Okay, got it, got it. The first yeah, time yeah. you said proof of work, and I was like, wait, my brain is melting. What is uh, happening? No, no, no. I thought sorry, I thought I was, I thought I said no. proof of stake. Oh, I gotta, no, 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 no. It makes yeah. sense. It makes but sense now though. Proof of stake makes total sense of what you're saying. And like, I'm just right. going to keep reiterating this point that 
You guys look so shocked. I thought the point hit at home, but maybe I <laughs> no. You, even Chris is like, dude, you said proof of work, Rizzo. Oh, for, oh, for three. Sorry. Well, I guess no, I no, go but, back I, in your minds and those. Wait, 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 wait. But I actually yeah. think, I actually think this is an interesting moment because <laughs> I would argue that forcing people to critically evaluate the statements that are being made and the tenants that they hold dear is the. It's one of the most important things. And I feel like it's kind of the meta conversation that we're having here. And I think that's an interesting moment because instead of sort of like smiling and nodding and being like, I mean, I guess I heard a thing, but since we're, we're all on the same page, we're all Bitcoiners, Rizzo's a historian, like he must've said the right thing. I think like we have to be, we're, I think what you're saying is we have to hold ourselves accountable for critically evaluating all of our beliefs around Bitcoin. Is that fair? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that has to be that, that, well, that's why the opposite of that is something where, and this is why I really fought against this idea that like, Again, if 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 my me owning Bitcoin gives me entrance into the social group and the inability to leave that social group, then then it is just board ape yacht club, like like definitionally, <laughs> like like it is a token that guarantees me entrance into a group. the The way that you would have to counteract that is like my actions then have to be accordance to something. I, there has to be some sort of value set or like to the cultural movements, and then my actions either align with that or they don't. And this is why I've like always said this. It's like, you know, again, I came from being cryptocurrency agnostic. My 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 actions did not align with Bitcoin. I chose to align them with Bitcoin. Like I made that decision consciously and I put a lot of effort to like realign my professional life into doing that. You could argue that that was good for Bitcoin, like some people would not. But the at the end of the day, it's like it's our actions that must be judged as good for Bitcoin or not good for Bitcoin. If if it's purely something where because you own the token, you are a participant in the system, then then it's hard for me to see how you can have something like Bitcoin maximalism. I doesn't. I don't understand how you would get to that point because then the the or the our culture doesn't then exist to move Bitcoin forward, and we know that it must move forward. It, it has to do that because it currently doesn't encompass all of our activities. Right? It is more limited than we we are not all currently living on a Bitcoin standard. I want to pull up Frosty Flakes. Yeah, I was just reading his comment. Yeah. Yeah. I I think though the point we're trying to make here, Frosty Flake, is I'm commingling. I don't think feel like I'm commingling politics and Bitcoin at all. I'm 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 merely stating that there's a there's a certain large group that seems to do that, and I'm saying that like we need to recognize that that is what they're doing <laughs> because I don't believe that personally speaking, I don't believe that Bitcoin is affiliated with either. Yeah. How do how can Bitcoin be a affiliated with a political party it's by necessary like a non-governmental money system that's the entire innovation like of bitcoin that's it's a it's a money system that exists outside government of control like how can that be more affiliated with a political party than, than not affiliated with a political party I, I think it's more to do with this idea that the loudest people in the room are the ones that have created this sort of pseudo bitcoin community out there and they've started to share what their values are and it is in turn because they are the most vocal out there it has now been by outsiders in my opinion you start to see these narratives as we've discussed like oh bitcoin is used by conservatives bitcoin now is right-leaning when in fact based on the most recent update there are 83 million wallets for argument's sake, well, let's well, my just... point is that a Bitcoin maximalist should want everyone to use Bitcoin regardless exactly. of their political affiliation, because that is the max the thing that is maximally beneficial for Bitcoin. So if one is to be a Bitcoin maximalist, one then needs to do things that are maximally beneficial for Bitcoin. 
And so if you accept that framing, then that, that has to be logically consistent. <laughs> if you are doing things that actively reduce some set of people from getting into it. And again, like this is, there's a very thin line here. There's a very fine line here. Cause I, I do agree. I'm making this argument facetiously. So people think about it. I do agree that conservatives by and large have an easier time understanding Bitcoin. I, I won't disagree with that, right? It naturally speaks to values like individual rights, property rights, things that conservative people are all generally more predispositioned predisposition to. It makes it easier for us to convince them to choose Bitcoin. I agree with that. But there are also people doing work. There, there's nothing inherently to the ideology of Bitcoin that would pre prevent somebody from another group from choosing Bitcoin, right? And that's why I wrote in the article that, you know, we should be critical of people who have ideological biases that prevent them from adopting Bitcoin or choosing Bitcoin for themselves. But we should be critical of those ideological biases in order for them to ultimately accept Bitcoin. Because that's the best goal for Bitcoin, right? Is that it maximally and <laughs> maximally advances <laughs> philosophy wank decides things. Bitcoin was built <clears throat> to centralize trust. That is it. You let Buterin make up a word and are spinning in circles trying to work with that. Okay. Oh, good luck. <laughs> but this is the thing. Those people are uncomfortable, right? Because they don't want to talk about the values that we hold. Because yeah, when we talk yeah. about the values that we hold, it's very easy to see that some actions are value. Some of them, uh, some actions we take are against those values or not. So, like, I don't know who this person is. I'm sorry. I don't really care about your opinion that much. It's a dumb opinion. And, you know, <laughs> what are you saying? I said embrace violence. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was making well, a joke. I mean, again, like, be, well, so this, maybe we'll break that down, right? So the idea that we should worry, like, we should care where Bitcoin maximalism comes from. So, like, you know, A, this idea that Vitalik Buterin made up Bitcoin maximalism term, one, is inaccurate. Uh, two, even if Vitalik Buterin made up the word Bitcoin maximalism, he did popularize it. What does, what is the problem with that? What does that have to do with anything? It's very common for cultures to reclaim words, and often cultures reclaim words that are expressly used as insults against them as a way to venerate their culture. This is something very common to most cultures. And if you think about another culture in the United States, it's probably very easy for you to think of examples like that. So I think Bitcoin maximalism is something that needs to be reclaimed a bit, because I do think that we should want to extend Bitcoin. We should We should want to do that. If we don't, then I don't understand... Then it sort of becomes the whole thing becomes logically inconsistent. Is it uh, fair to say? Uh -huh. Is it fair to say that you know you're making the point that it needs to be more than just a reaction to a word that had a negative connotation? We have to define what it means. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because so I we think can... we need to, we need we want to be defined by our positive values and not our negative values. Right. And this is why I'm like very I, I draw a very clear line. Like, I think it's OK for Bitcoin maximalists or the Bitcoin community to be antagonistic to the crypto world. Mm -hmm. And I think the crypto world should not resent that because it is actually better for for any type of cryptographic network that we're building here. It's better for it to be built on Bitcoin because it's more trust minimized, like it benefits all Bitcoin holders equally. There's no like opaque like foundations and third parties, whatever. So. If it is better to build something on Bitcoin, then the goal of us as human beings who are aligned to the most positive outlook for humanity should be to build those things on Bitcoin, right? That should be the, that's actually the best goal we should achieve. So in that, in that case, Bitcoin maximalists are antagonistic to the Bitcoin, to the crypto world. So, I mean, one of the points here that I was, you know, thought would actually cause a lot more debate was, you know, I think a Bitcoin maximalist has to have a commitment to crypto minimalism, you have to be doing something 
that 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 aspires to reduce the amount of other cryptocurrencies and crypto assets that exist out there. Because if they continue to exist out there and continue to be useful to people, well, then, you know, they're going to be used. And therefore, you are not maximally extending Bitcoin. You are just judging these things that people are using. And I think they don't understand why. Right. So your friend who trades NFT, like NFTs, but probably doesn't really understand why you don't support what he's doing in any way. So again, I think that isolating the values helps us have the more difficult conversations. Like it gets us away from this arbitrary groupthink where we're afraid to kind of say or do things because people won't like them. There's a social judgment. I think we become very concerned about the social judgment because we don't have a clear idea of what our values are. So I tried to write down what I think those values are and I would love for people to comment on them. And I've got a few like really thoughtful responses of like, hey, like I think, you know, you might want to add this or, or, or subtract that. Because again, the more we can talk about the good that we can do for the group, the less we're going to be focused on like the negative stuff, right? And my, my argument here would be, would become very focused on the negative stuff. We've become we're very concerned about who has done the least amount of bad things and what those bad things that you shouldn't do are, and then calling out people for those bad things, and then shaming them for those bad things, and then making sure everyone knows that they've always done those bad things. And in the end, we've done nothing good for Bitcoin. (laughs) You said it it so succinctly earlier in the conversation, just the the distinction between like, it's it's not enough to focus on the bad, we have to focus on, can you, can you just restate Uh, that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not enough to do the least bad. Like we should want to do the most good. Like there's, Mm. there's a very different there's a very distinct difference in this. Like, okay, so, okay, so like everyone here who's like a, you know, you know, who's calling me a whatever, like a status or whatever, right? So a, a society where people are doing the least bad, just think about this in your head, a society where people are doing the least bad. Okay, so what's coming in your head? These people are going to their house, they're getting on the, they're going to their work and they're coming home, and they're going to sleep and they're getting up and they're going to work and they take their family out on Saturday and they go to church on Sunday and they go home, right? They've done the least bad. Okay, a society where people are doing the most good. Okay, what are you thinking about? Oh, maybe there's fundraisers for people. Like maybe people are going out and adopting kids and puppies, and you know, there's this, you know, there's all these things, right? So which one of those is better, right? I would argue it's not the one where people are doing the least bad. The the society where people are just doing the least bad is just the most homogeneous. And then if you believe in freedom, that just seems like a weird thing to also support. So, I think another way of Framing that is it's kind of a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset. Like, do you, are you, are you focused on how to avoid punishment versus challenging yourself to embark on a path that basically helps you to maximize uh, so your when, when some finally said I something I agreed with, you can be a communist capitalist, a drunk pothead or an asshole. What is, that, is that how you say it? Asshole? With the arsehole. Yeah, no, I was trying it's to say it's it. It's a British again. spelling. Arse. And you, I think it's ass, asshole. You know, and use Bitcoin. I can still transact in Bitcoin with you because of the decentralized trust. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. But then you should want to get all those groups of people to use Bitcoin, right? Like that. In order to be a Bitcoin maximalist, you should want to encourage like all those people to use Bitcoin, like that. So my my point is here. It's like we we have to have an attitude towards like advancing the cause and the mission. So anyway, just getting back to like the few points here because I, I feel like there's a lot here, and I rely a lot on like anecdotal examples, right? So. You know, I use the stapler one. It's like, it's very fine for you to, so Bitcoin is a tool. Sure, I own many tools. I have no social cultural relationship to those tools, right? Okay, so it's very clear that while Bitcoin is a tool, uh, that tool needs something to advance the use of that tool. And so therefore, Bitcoin has developed a culture. 
And that culture has kept that tool in really pristine condition. It's ensured that that tool could be broadly useful. You know, in every instance where the community made difficult decisions, I think it was in the best interest of the tool. We need to convince more people to use the tool. We need to, and the tool needs to, again, if we want to limit the amount of other cryptocurrency networks that are out there, then we do need to improve the tool over time. You know, and my, my thing here is I think that like, there exists this weird dichotomy where it's, you know, if, if we're not doing anything as a community to minimize, you know, if you're not a crypto minimalist, if you're not trying to minimize the amount of other cryptocurrencies that are out there, then you are enabling their use and you're allowing them to exist. And if they're always going to exist, then why would you cast judgment on them? They're just always going to exist. What's the use in hating them? They're, they're just going to continue to be useful. Uh, so it is actually your action that matters. And if it is true that we can do everything that the cryptocurrencies are doing on Bitcoin over enough time and with enough reason and logic, then that should be the highest aspiration. And, you know, this is why, again, I think I would, I would staunchly defend this idea of crypto minimalism because I think it's defensible. Like, you know, the opposite of Bitcoin maximalism is to be a crypto minimalist. And I, I think both things are good. I, should, I want to maximally extend Bitcoin for the greatest benefit. I want to minimize the other cryptocurrency benefit, currencies that exist for the greater benefit. And then both groups should actually want both groups to operate that way. They become symbiotic. You know, it becomes a greater good to do something on Bitcoin than to do somewhere else. But it does, I'm, uh, yeah, right. I'm curious why you think those are opposites. Like the way I actually see Bitcoin maximalism and crypto minimalism, there is a, a Venn diagram that sort of overlaps between the two. There may be some differences, but there are a lot more similarities between the two classes. Well, I mean, I think there's a group that like, you know, definitely crosses over into like the Bitcoin supremacy like side where it's like you almost have to think they want to annihilate like this other group. Like Scorch their goal earth, is to burn it to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Their their goal is to like completely eradicate it, like through every terrorist like sort of means, like it's just, just, just like scare these people away from from the from from cryptocurrencies, right? And I was thinking that about that a lot this weekend, like supremacy. Uh, it's like a word with like a lot of connotations that are like almost totally negative, <laughs> like for very obvious reasons. But you know, <laughs> what do you uh, mean? <laughs> like have we crossed over into being like into into bitcoin percent supremacy and like what's the difference between bitcoin supremacy and bitcoin maximalism like i think bitcoin maximalism like can be the vehicle by which we express our positive goals right why should it be our responsibility to minimize the use of other cryptocurrencies well again if you accept that bitcoin can do all the things and it is our lack of figuring out how to do those things within bitcoin they then they exist at our they, they exist at our tolerance and therefore it is related to us. Otherwise, like, I don't know how it worked. Like they, like the other cryptocurrencies, like simply built something that they couldn't do on Bitcoin somewhere else. So it was their inability to do that, that caused the thing to appear. So if we actually do have the agency uh, to do that, then we either have to accept that they did that somewhere else or allow that thing to occur on Bitcoin. That's the only two rational states to exist. Like the otherwise, the third state is that it exists and it's useful and it's not on Bitcoin and we hate it arbitrarily. And I would argue that that, that condition is a cultural failure because it, it encourages you to hold a view that is antithetical to reality. I, no, no, no. I, mean, I, I thought you were still going for a second. I didn't think you were ending right there. No, I don't know. I don't, you guys are just, yeah, this one's been, it's been a fun combo, but. Yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, excuse me, but. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm the, I'm the one who's saying I, stuff. I don't know. I, I am. I'm thoroughly enjoying this, Rizzo. I appreciate your time, man. I. Uh... It was the smell of money that created most shit coins. Sure. Okay. But they exist somewhere else. And to the extent that you agree that they're doing something. So 
So Winsome Hack says, LOL, no, it was the smell of money that created most shit coins. Okay, so take stable coins. They exist. They're useful. People are using them. They're using them to buy Bitcoin. They're using them in places where they have no banks. So those exist and they're useful. So then if we accept that they would be better on Bitcoin, then we need to support things like tarot and stable coins on Bitcoin because we should want people to be able to use the tool of a dollar stable crypto asset within within the benefits of the trustless Bitcoin system and without, as you're saying, the smell of money, the smell, what are, you, what are you saying when you say the smell of money? You're saying that there's some institution or group that created something. And if, as you said, Bitcoin is decentralized, there is no system or group, that it is precisely the activity of moving that thing over to the system that has no, that has no group, that is decentralized, that is the positive action. If stablecoins right now exist in a centralized fashion and we can decentralize them or minimize the trust that is required to serve them to users with Bitcoin, then that is the higher aspiration and it should be supported because it maximally extends Bitcoin. It unlocks the capabilities to the greatest extent. That it has, it has to be, I, I just, the more I talk about this, I think the more it has to definitionally be true because it is also our allowance of these things to exist elsewhere that, that lets them continue. And by existing elsewhere, it does more harm, or rather, it it is a, it does less good. So it does less good, right? Thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I would argue stablecoins do good, but they could exist in a better way on Bitcoin. Uh, therefore, the Bitcoin maximalist view should be to allow those users to have that freedom of transaction within the Bitcoin system, because it is better for those people, and that's better for Bitcoin. If there was a situation where it was not good for Bitcoin or if it was dangerous for Bitcoin, well, we wouldn't want to do that. And then it should exist somewhere else and we could be critical of them. Right. Like, you know, there's and I really baked this into the piece. I think it's responsible for Bitcoin maximums to also be very critical of other things. Right. But I think that our criticism has to be juxtaposed with action. Like we also have to do things that show that our criticism you know, is leading to positive change. And that's why I give the continually give the Lightning Network as an example, because I, I truly don't think that many people remember a time when there was a category of payments, cryptocurrencies that were competing for something that very clearly Lightning offers. And I think it is it was the positive action of the community to recognize that and to bring that, that capability need. to Bitcoin. That is Bitcoin maximalist. That has to that has to be definitionally what we are trying to achieve. And we're, we should be trying to achieve more of that. What was it like? What was it like when when Lightning was first becoming dominant? Was there a, was there a, a internal strife around that specific point? Like, why are we trying to do this? Like, Bitcoin is not supposed to do this. What do you mean by the whole fork wars were? Yeah, it's were, <laughs> like the the whole thing was about. Yeah, I mean, Lightning sort of came out in the middle of that, right? But the the whole drama of the fork wars period of Bitcoin was essentially that Bitcoin was it was you know so many people were using Bitcoin. Bitcoin was becoming expensive for payments. There were groups that wanted to change the underlying protocol of Bitcoin in order to support payments. And, you know, in the middle of that came out this technical proposal for how we could build a secondary layer on top of Bitcoin that could facilitate payments. So a great many developers and Elizabeth Stark, Joseph Poon, Taj Drija decided to kind of go forward with this proposal and SegWit, the, the Bitcoin improvement proposal, directly sort of enabled that within Bitcoin, right? It made a couple changes that without which I don't, we don't think that whitening would have worked. So my argument would be that, yes, that was a Bitcoin maximalist effort. And, and all of those things were a product of this desire that we have, which is to maximize the utility of Bitcoin and to reduce the amount of other 
crypto like crypto systems that could exist elsewhere. Uh, and now that Lightning has become successful, we have seen a, a dramatic reduction in, in talk about other payments cryptocurrencies. We don't hear about them anymore. They don't frame themselves that way. They have accepted that Lightning has neutralized you know, their efforts. And, and that's positive because the end result for users and for people is that people now can send payments very easily with, the with all the benefits of Bitcoin. Absolutely. Right? So that, that higher aspiration has to be at the core of maximalism, right? And again, I I, I want to go back to the point of it, which is like I'm I'm happy to defend maximalism. I'm very happy to defend toxicity in certain cases, you know. And if, if you guys check out the article and, and look at the points, I'm, I'm happy to hear some criticism. But I do think we have to become more conscious of our values because I think it is our inability and our unwillingness to define these values that has allowed other people's perceptions of these values to control us or to paint us in a certain image, right? There's this kind of connotation right now of some people kind of talk about, oh, well, can Bitcoin maximalism be saved? Like, is it a good word? Like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, it doesn't, it, it, the word almost doesn't matter because if the word doesn't have intentionality, if there's no value system behind it, then the, world, the word doesn't matter anyway. So why would you care? You know, the word has to mean something, right? Meaning and words, like they have, there has to be some connection between these things, <laughs> like like at some level. So, you know, like, I don't know, maybe that's something that isn't very popular, but is this guy on the WEF website by any chance? I'm not, <laughs> but. I think it's interesting that that there is. They have moved there on. There's so much pushback. Wait, I Wait, wait, sorry, wait. So Diogenes, go read the article that we've been referencing. There's a, I, it is a fantastic article in Forbes that Rizzo just published. It's basically, it goes through nine different sort of tenets that Rizzo argues are like the core aspects of what Bitcoin maximalism means. I think it's also important to sort of reiterate that. Yeah, and I'm not imposing this definition on you, right? So like I said that in the article, it's like, it's it's Bitcoin. So if you don't want to ignore like what I'm saying, then you're, you're fine. No one, no one cares. But Again, I think we have to acknowledge that there are some structural weaknesses like in our culture right now. Our culture is under attack. Our culture is under attack from people who want to paint Bitcoin as negative and to paint our aspirations as unworthy of their interest and unworthy of the recognition of other people. And so there's only two things you can do in response to that. You can argue passionately about why our values are good. You can show people what they are and then you can seek to demonstrate them or you can seek to just you know, attack them mercilessly. You might be right in the second instance, but I would argue you're not going to create many passionate Bitcoiners in the process who have a favorable idea of our intents and interests. But this is why, you know, culture going back, it's like, <laughs> why is Bitcoin culture necessary? <laughs> like, like it has to, it has to have a, like, so if, if you don't, if you, if you are a part of the Bitcoin culture, the first question you have to ask is like, why is that culture necessary? Otherwise, you just shouldn't participate in it. You're right. Tell me to fuck off. Like, we don't need a culture. Bitcoin is a stapler. But just realize that you're reducing Bitcoin's potential in that in that instance, and you're actually allowing these other crypto assets to like continue to exist. So if that's the position you hold, I guess you're just going to be angry a lot. I don't know. I, I don't know how to tell you what how to feel about like you you are perfectly able to live in the world like holding opinions <laughs> that are contradictory like you're perfectly able to live your whole life loving that you can use bitcoin and hating everyone who uses anything else 
that is you are allowed to do that if you think you're not like i don't know what my allowance of it you know uh, enables you but if you want to further bitcoin if you think that the, that bitcoin should encompass a greater part of the economy and it should do a greater amount specifically of the things that are going on in the cryptocurrency market then you have to become a bitcoin maximalist you, you we act, then this culture becomes necessary it has it has it becomes necessary to achieve something so it's very clear i think that like this idea that bitcoin is a tool i mean i think p i remember you saying this a lot like back in the day it's like Bitcoin can be a t we can reduce Bitcoin to a tool or it can be a tool with a culture of advocacy and that with a tool that is expanding constantly. And it, it has to be one of those things. So in the instance where Bitcoin is just a tool, then I agree that is a possible world. But then why are you so angry about the other tools? Why are you so mad about them? Why do you hate them so much? If your emotion doesn't want to create some... If it's not indicative of anything, if it's not indicative of any potential positive positivity, then it is purely negative and it's purely hateful. It is a product of hate. It would actually be just a hateful thing. You <laughs> hating is, something that is that is just like like exists. Like, I've been changing the I've been changing the title as we've been going, and that one is like I, at one point it was like how to be a Bitcoin maximalist, and I it was in parentheses embrace Satan. I don't think either really? of you noticed, okay, but yeah. no, no, but I'm yeah. being facetious, obviously. Um, I think. Why oh, do you mean to cut your train of thought, Rizzo? Please I continue. mean, I don't know. Like, I, I again, like, at some of the stuff, it's like, you, you know, also, no one is saying you can't be a hateful person, but like, acknowledge that you're not helping Bitcoin move forward, then, I guess, at that point. Yeah. But I think it can be both, right? And obviously, being a hateful person does almost no one any favors and is a horrible thing for the person who's doing it and for the people around them. So I, I'm going to categorically say I do not agree with uh, the idea that anyone should be a hateful person. But I think that there are. But you should be a hateful person. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. no. Uh, but. But I think that there is there, I certainly identify as someone who was extremely disillusioned by, you know, the great financial crisis. None, none of my story is unique here, but the things that we've seen happen since then, the amount of, of fiat that has been printed, the, the, and also just the, the dishonest portrayal of events as they are happening by certain centralized entities. So I this is not a novel thing to say, but I certainly would be extremely depressed right now in my life if I hadn't discovered or been, if Bitcoin had not been shared with me personally, because it does for me offer this sense of hope and an opportunity both for myself, but also for the the, the people that I care about and the ideals that I care about. Well, so I that agree. Is, I think yeah. that that's why I've been so insistent on creating a definition for Bitcoin maximalism that is positive, because I yeah. think it's very contradictory to other people's experiences of it. Right. So it's so yeah. I think, you know, somebody was talking to me at the event, <clears throat> was like an author in the space, and he said, you know, what I loved about this piece was that it was objective, right? It, it actually put forth a set of values that that people would actually be able to agree are positive yeah. uh, by stating them. And he's like, I also think Bitcoin maximalism is positive. And so, yeah. okay, like then it's incumbent on us as Bitcoin maximalists to make that argument to say, okay, here's why it is positive, you know, rather than just kind of dismissing like the negative criticism, the best way to fight criticism is with like a response, right? So yeah. I think that, you know, this article is very much reaction to the response. It's the, you know, we, we as people who are Bitcoin maximalists have been labeled as, as ignorant and belligerent. That is what they say about us. I do not believe that that is the case. And I would like to take actions that influence our culture to move away from a system that would even be associated with those things.
Yeah. We should we should want people to aspire to be Bitcoin maximalists. Going back to the Bitcoin as a state, we don't want you to just own Bitcoin. I want you to advance Bitcoin. This mm-hmm. is this back to the stapler analogy. It's like if you convince if you orange pill people into just Sta- owning let's call it staple pilling. <laughs> you should we our goal should orange not be to just get people to own Bitcoin. Our our goal should be to get people to advance Bitcoin. That should be that that's even better, right? So not only just choosing Bitcoin, but getting them to be so convinced that they that they are aligned with our cause. They understand where we're coming from. They understand the ideals, right? Hmm. This guy says he's ignorant and belligerent. I'm okay with that. Yeah, and I'm okay with you being ignorant and belligerent too within the concept. I love that Bitcoin protects, you know, people who are owning Bitcoin from the, you know, predatory intellectual class that is, you know, developed around the fiat system. You know, it is great that you can be ignorant in Bitcoin and have your wealth protected. That is that is something that is worthy of celebrating. But you have to realize then that that's not purely what can advance our cause. So hmm. what about the other side of the coin here? We talked a lot about, you know, the people pushing. Like a very, like, that seems like a very usual transition. <laughs> but like, <laughs> what, if, what about the people who read your list and they're like, I like Bitcoin, but I have no interest in doing any of these things. Like, That's I don't fine. want you are, to. You are just simply not a Bitcoin maximalist. And I would take the personal failure that I have not increased. I have not encouraged you and i've not convinced you into into choosing our cause as something worthy of you adopting so you're uh, a failure. I, I am glad my that understanding you, that is pete rizzo said that he himself is a well, failure it's a collective, it's a collective failure it's a collective failure i agree um, yeah i just want to jump in there because i think that it is not enough for us to advocate honestly for anything if you have a strong belief about something you need to hold yourself i would encourage people to hold themselves accountable for figuring out how to communicate about those beliefs and about those things to other people effectively in a way that they can understand. And I think that that's what you're trying to do here, Rizzo. You're trying to basically, as you said, create this a, a suggestion for a framework, your belief of, or your, your understanding of what that framework entails. And I think it provides, uh, even if people- well, yeah. disagree- I mean, like, look at example, like, so, you know, you guys are talking about you're gonna eat shoes because you're the, you know, the merge is coming. You know, you're gonna end up eating shoes. So, you know, I'm looking forward to watching that. But like one of them was, you know, a commitment to slow software changes and enfranchising users. Why yeah. am I against the Ethereum merge? Because it risks disenfranchising some users. It's unfriendly to people who are within the ETH system who are now subject to, you know, the social consensus of the developers, you know, and they exist in a system where they as users have less rights than they do in Bitcoin. So I am opposed to the merge. Don't I don't think it should happen, but I'm not going to go out and, you know, make a more substantive argument against that, right? It's, it's clearly something where it's like, what can I do to counteract that? I can only speak about why I don't think that that is the right thing for that system to do, why I think Bitcoin offers a better path. And then I have to take responsibility into encouraging other people to see that vision, right? And some, in some cases, maybe a great video about, you know, all the critical things about ETH is enough. But, you know, I would argue that, you know, who does more for Bitcoin? Is it somebody who goes and starts a community for Bitcoiners or the guy who posts a video against Ethereum? We've become a culture that like very much values the guy who posts the one hour video about why everything is wrong with Ethereum. Good example, something that happened in the last week, right? So Bitcoin Mountain in Cameroon looks like this cool little initiative, like, you know, the people in Africa are using Bitcoin. And you look at kind of the social media interaction on that, account and you're like okay that seems really cool that there's a community of of people kind of working in this area to advance bitcoin and then the guy who puts out like the one hour video about where the merge sucks who does our culture reward our culture rewards the guy 
who put out the one hour video about, about why the merge sucks. We have chosen to validate that it exists at our, at the behest of our validation I and more made- of it will exist because we validate it. I think it's baser than that, though. I think that the two scenarios, <laughs> no, no, but I mean, that makes it sound even worse. What I mean is, I think that this, the, the example you just gave is actually a fantastic one. And I think you're absolutely correct. And I say this as someone who, you know, I put, I mean, honestly, thousands of hours into, along with, you know, about 20 other people building PlebNet, right? Which is like, yeah. I would say is the positive end of that, right? We're like, we want to yeah. learn about the Lightning Network. We yeah, don't understand it. Right. And like, we're just going to like talk shit and like have fun and, you know, teach other people. And there's so much kind of generosity in there. But I think that part of the reason that was so successful is because those, that, that group of us, like we're all kind of crazy and we say funny, inane, like random things. And then we are able to balance it with all this, this, this knowledge and this genuine positivity about the experience. The reason I think, I promise this is going somewhere. The reason that I think that the, the video around why Ethereum is terrible like does better or we reward that is because it has the stronger emotional, it provokes the stronger emotional reaction. And I think that that's actually what's going on there. Not that maybe that's actually not, that's like a parallel conclusion to what you're saying. It's not actually a refutation of what you're saying. No, I think it's like a little bit like, yeah, part of that's just like internet culture stuff. But I think it's like, we choose what we validate, right? And we become mm -hmm. a culture based on what we validate and what, what we praise. So, you know, I, I think that there's good questions to be asking there. So this guy, Diogens, I do run a full node. Yes, I have it on my, it's on my desk somewhere. It's my BTC Bitcoin node. Very basic. Hmm. I also, I just want to go back. I think that I really enjoyed this, this Forbes piece. And again, I want to encourage everyone in the audience. This guy uh, just to- wait for Fiat to shit the bed. See, this is the problem. Like there's nothing, this view does nothing. It encourages, so you're encouraging passivity, right? Just wait for Fiat to shit the bed. I'll give you the, the cheat code here. It's like, there's no end to the existing financial system coming. It exists arbitrarily on its own whims. It can literally exist in any form that it wants. It literally just can make money out of nothing. Like, why do you think it's logically consistent enough to even fail? Like, it's just a ridiculous, like a ridiculous, like, like position to hold. And then would you like, here's like another thing, like, this is a great example. Like whoever this guy is like really triggering me right now. Would you rather that Bitcoin wins because society, like the existing fiat system collapses, or would you rather win because Bitcoin like outcompeted the current system and was so good that in every instance where it could possibly be used, it was better than that system. And the real fuck of it is that our culture encourages the first thing. It, 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 actually, it actually believes and values that the first outcome is, is better. That, that actually like we should want the existing system to fail rather than to put the effort and the energy and ingenuity into outcompeting it. Like, isn't that mm. sad? Like, doesn't that make you sad? It makes me sad. Like reading that comment is sad. It's an objectively sad thing because you are being, you are asking me to hold the position in which my action means nothing. You're asking me to accept an inevitability that this, that the system will collapse for the debt, for the detriment of everyone in it. And somehow I will be saved because I, I own Bitcoin. Not that the Bitcoin network is good enough. I think that's sad. I think that says a lot about the current issues right now within the culture. Ah, man. Expand that. that that. Wait, hang on. Expand that. (laughs) You don't get to just say that and then not 
like what do you mean wait, wait 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 i mean i feel like that's a pretty expanded comment yeah like what is what is definitionally not included in this for you <laughs> no <laughs> he's I mean, what, what he's really saying is talk more we're enjoying the, the talking okay I, yeah i've uh, always I, said i, I like know, pictures like, of story time like this is this is a conversation i've been well, so like sorry so 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 a world in which bitcoin wins because fiat failed is a world where the failure of fiat caused bitcoin to succeed a world in which Bitcoin succeeds because it outcompetes fiat and is better than fiat is a world in which Bitcoin did the proof of work to be the best. It actually it actually put the time, energy, and effort to outcompete the whole the whole of the system and persevered through the advers the adversarial nature of that competition towards a point where it was ubiquitous. And my point is that the second scenario is is obviously the preferred outcome. The, the outcome where Bitcoin outcompetes fiat currency, outcompetes all of the cryptocurrencies, is the better world because Bitcoin has done the proof of work to succeed. It has realized the reality that it wanted to realize, and it did it on its own terms through its own work and its own volition. Oh, and again, it's just like that's that's the better world. Like if, and I think we've encouraged too many people to think that the fiat system is somehow on the cusp of failure, and that you know I've called this this idea like the you know the fiat rapture. You're just encouraging people oh, to sit that. around for the fiat rapture. And they'll just <laughs> the light's gonna come down everyone, and just everyone, everyone. Saved. Right, and again, it's an example where our culture prioritizes inaction. It is chosen to say that the person who does the least bad is better than the person who does oh. the most good. Because the person who does the least bad and he just sits in his house and waits for the fiat rapture is doing the most good in our current value system. And if, and if you don't that see an inherent problem with that, then I don't know what to say to you because you, you are literally encouraging a system where it's better for you to sit at home, stack as much Bitcoin as you possibly can, wait for a, a conclusion where something collapses on its own from its own failures to benefit you rather than taking any action to outcompete that system. I don't like. Well, why would you even accept a world in which Bitcoin won that way? Why, why would you want to live in a world where everyone had to use Bitcoin because the fiat system failed and was constantly like, "Oh man, like using Bitcoin sucks." Like, I wish we still had the dollar system. It would be great if, like, you know, our entire financial system wasn't completely destroyed in this cataclysm. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't people would imagine well, the, that the way reason. Though. The reason I wanted to <laughs> unpack this is candidly because. I, I think I stand in a very, very small minority that I don't think either scenario is actually what happens. I think it's a combination of the two. I think there will be failures in the fiat system that lead yeah, to it crumble. You want Bitcoin to win because it is just better, not because you suck. Laugh Fair. Or because Fair. others suck. I don't know if it's because I suck or because the system sucks. I assume he's meaning because I suck, so. <laughs> no, 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 wait, wait, wait. But there's this... Okay, go ahead, P. I've been talking a lot. Q, please. <laughs> And then I'll go. And then I'll go. You go, and then I'll go. And then I'll, and then you'll go again. And then Rizzo will go. The the reason I want to discuss this is like you know Greg Foss has put it so excellently. The idea that Bitcoin is a credit default swap on the failure of fiat currencies, and that is a narrative that I think there is a growing class of Bitcoiners that are not on Twitter hanging out, that are not even considered plebs. I think Foss is speaking more to larger fund managers who understand risk allocation better and they genuinely are looking at it like a credit default swap. When I think of it through that lens, it makes me believe with no factual basis whatsoever that there is a, that, there is a growing... That? I said your words, not mine. <laughs> there's a growing subset of Bitcoin holders 
from the dollar denominated sense, not the total number of users, not the total number of wallets, but the total number of Bitcoin hold market cap wise in relation to the people who believe that this is a credit default swap on fiat. I believe that class of people is growing. How that to that comment. I find your comment so inherently unrelatable <laughs> that I don't know how to answer that question. I I, uh, I got kicked off of my own show. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I mean, it, again, it's like that a symptom funny. of the same thing. Like, what are you saying? Like, so yes, it would like Bitcoin does have some inner, like it does you as a person who can either hold money in the fiat system or Bitcoin system, like you can make a choice to your own benefit about which system to participate in. But the point that I was saying about the future where like we get to choose like how we win, it says about, it says something about what we value. So your, your analogy, you know, it's just someone who's making a financial trade is like doing something out of their own self-interest. They would, they would just do any action that would give them more financial benefit. So you're, you're coming at it from a default, like moral neutral position. So like a, a trader is just going to look at it and say, if I can make more money doing this, like I will make more money doing that. Let, uh, let me rephrase it. Let me rephrase it because the point I'm not the point I'm trying to make more so is the the way Bitcoin has been moving is because of these big these big money players entering and exiting the market as they have been, and so because of that, that makes me believe that they are they have a greater impact on where the price of Bitcoin can go, and so for that reason, I do feel like that is a growing subset that may actually have a bigger say on how Bitcoin's growth will be forward forecast. And if the majority of people who then unfortunately hold Bitcoin, again, denominated in the total amount of Bitcoin they hold, not total number of holders, if the total number of Bitcoin being held is held by people who just want to see the fiat system collapse, ultimately, I don't think we have that choice necessarily. I, I, I don't understand that argument, but I think we're also talking like orthogonally. Like whether or not there's a large group no, of people. I kind of see what he's saying. I mean, he's he's kind of asking like whether Bitcoin users like define reality, define the reality of it, or yes. define the outcome by participating in that reality. Hmm. Um, which I think but, is the crux of my arguments is that you know because again, like why is Bitcoin not just a tool? And the answer is like it can be just a tool if we want it to be just a tool. But then we have to accept that other tools exist, or it cannot be, improve our tool if we accept that framework and then don't advance against that right then then we are accepting that limitation so again you have to kind of go back to like where the agency is in it right so a, a just any culture where people are buying bitcoin because something else collapses is they're they're buying bitcoin i mean again i would argue they're not doing the most they can to advance bitcoin so they're not they're not maximalists they're just they're simply buying bitcoin as like a worst case option so you've only like someone who bought Bitcoin because they think it's a credit default swap on the financial system, like they're going to buy more Bitcoin proportional to their lack of confidence in the existing financial system rather than their true belief that Bitcoin is a better financial system, in my opinion. Because again, they're only going to just buy it and hold it, and they're not going to actually advance like the economy in any significant way. They're not actually incentivized to do that. So my argument again is like, why does Bitcoin have a culture? Bitcoin must have a culture because we must think that it's not simply a tool that can exist on its own. We must want to advance it in some way, therefore maximalism. Therefore, we need some way to advance it, some cultural way to improve it. Or you, I, I mean, again, like some of these, like some of these like really are choices that we, we can make. Like a world in which Bitcoin is just a single tool that does a single thing. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's a world where like, it's not worth getting angry about the fiat system or the crypto system. 
Like it's not, it's not really being angry about those things. Like a, we're a system where Bitcoin, the Bitcoin economy is truly better for everyone who is currently using cryptocurrencies and currently using fiat is a system worth advancing. That like that I just I can't see any any way around that fundamentally being true. Like Bitcoin must have some relationship between the two other systems. And then if it's better, if it is truly better, if it is truly better for you to be a part of that economy, then then people should choose it and then people should want to advance it. And that advancement should come from their choice and their agency and not the failures of the other systems. People should be engaging in Bitcoin because the incentives are there for them to do so from a positive direction, because it is the, it is the better thing that is inspiring them or that they are moving towards well, rather than moving away from. It can exist in the other way. My argument is that it exists in some a less desirable state. It exists in a state yeah. where it is merely like, what is your relationship to something that you keep in case of emergencies? Like, what is your relationship to your fire extinguisher? Is it robust? Is there a fire extinguisher culture? Are you going to like fire? <laughs> member of your most your fire your local firefighters so I, mean, like, fire, fire uh, so I own a fire extinguisher because my house would like if it burns down like if there's a fire like I need to put it out I don't have a greater relationship uh, to the thing like there doesn't I don't I don't engage in a culture around it uh, because the fire extinguisher is truly doing nothing more than trying to put out fires for me occasionally <laughs> or like this guy Wade he has like house insurance right okay like yeah he like you your relation to that product oh Wade Finley like, He's a huge uh, house house insurance proponent. Yeah, He's like biggest. Right. So yeah, you, you know, like you, your relationship exists like on that level with the thing, right? So you don't have a positive forward looking relationship with the, with the object at all. Uh, but then we, so we, again, like we have this Bitcoin culture. So like my, my question here is like, why does it exist? The best defense that I can get for it again is that like Bitcoin maximalism should exist. We, we should exist. It should exist because we need a culture. Why do we need a culture? Because we think we have a financial system that is worthy of advancing and that our culture then is only as useful as it allows us to advance that mission. And a culture that actively is doing things that are negative towards that mission is one that could be improved. And, you know, the best thing that I thought to do, especially right now, and we're in a time of like great, great discontent about the state of Bitcoin culture was to try to define it and try to define it in the most positive way that I could. And say, okay, and here is my best scenario. This is what we should aspire. I think most Bitcoin maximalists aspire to. What do they truly believe and why do they believe it? And if we don't agree on that, then that's fine. But, uh, you know, got to start. If you don't agree, I highly recommend you give Pete Rizzo a follow and shoot him a DM and directly tell him how and why you don't agree. With the guy, he said that I sucked earlier. or No, that he was that I was a part of the, the WEF, right? Yes. I think that is that like a badge of honor. Am I relevant enough in the Bitcoin community now to have been accused of being part of the WEF? Is that like, do I reach some sort of? I'm gonna, I'm I just, gonna make like you it's a little badge, so- like a little insurance <laughs> badge that you can pull out with like a leather case, and you can be like WEF agent. Drop your trousers. And a but, culture needs a leader. I don't think that's true. Like, I don't think cultures need leaders. I think they need values. Cultures need values, not leaders. They need to have agreement on like what a good outcome is. They don't necessarily need leaders. You know, they, they need, but they need to believe in something. Otherwise, they, just, they don't exist really. Yeah. Rizzo, right. I want to thank you. This has been yeah. amazing. I'm serious, man. This is like, I, I'm, I, I've been, why would you go say a thing like that? Oh, fuck. I forgot. You hate compliments. Uh, Rizzo, <laughs> Rizzo, you're. This is awful. This is I expected awful. more from you. Shit. How dare you? I think it's terrible. I mean, the yeah, I agree. I mean, fun, really, fun fact: yeah. Rizzo is our boss's 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 boss. Some somewhere along that line, Rizzo falls. No, so. Now you made it fucking weird. I mean, and hilarious. But no, no. You know, all joking aside, I think that that any attempt 
to create systems by which we can critically evaluate our beliefs is super important. And so, you know, I said it a couple of times, but if you agree, if you disagree with parts of this conversation, I would really encourage you to go read this article. It's very short and like force yourself to articulate what you disagree with. Don't just sort of sit there and be like, oh, this is bullshit. Like if you, if you don't agree with part of it, whether or not you say anything publicly about it, actually hold yourself accountable for going through the intellectual the exercise, because I don't think we do that enough. And certainly not within the Bitcoin space. So I'll see you next time, guys. It's been great to be here. I think, you know, looking forward to seeing what positive example you set for everyone in the Bitcoin. Oh, that's not going to happen. You guys, <laughs> you're fu- yeah, guys, Ter- terrible two people to ask to do that. <laughs> terrible two. Uh, Wade, we will shortly send another link. It is available on Forbes, the article we have cited. Rizzo has recently put out, I believe, three different pieces dating back as far as April on Bitcoin maximalism. So be sure to check out his series there. Give him a follow. One day he'll publish with with Bitcoin magazine eventually. Do you have one request, Rizzo? Can you fix, um, the next time we have you on, I'm going to need you to not look like you're living inside of a dollhouse. If you could (laughs) do that for me. I don't like, I like that. It it, it underscores like the wholesomeness of the argument, which is like, you know, it's like, be your grandmother's Bitcoin. You know, it's like, you want to, what is like, what, what kind of like, be be, be the movement. Be like right. a Bitcoin movie. I, I take back your love you, Pete Rizzo. You. We're done. We got to go. Guys, pop on over to Twitter Spaces. Uh, I am right, so yeah. sorry. We got to end it hard right here. We have Bitcoin Magazine Pro, so hop on over to Twitter Spaces, gang. Hey, guys. This is Q from Bitcoin Magazine Live. Bitcoin Magazine and the team that brought you the world's largest Bitcoin conference is bringing the mission of hyper-Bitcoinization global with the inaugural European gathering this fall. Bitcoin Amsterdam takes place October 12th through 14th at the beautiful Westergaas venue in the heart of the city. Join thousands of Bitcoiners for three days of curated Bitcoin content that is relevant to the emerging Bitcoin scene in Europe and the global movement. Confirmed speakers include Dr. Adam Back, Alex Gladstein, Greg Foss, Ray Youssef, and many, many more. This will be an immersive conference which includes hands-on engagements at our Proof of Workshop stage, as well as exclusive content for VIP whales in the deep. Bitcoin Amsterdam's exclamation point will be a massive Bitcoin party and music festival that you won't want to miss. The European installment of Sound Money Fest takes place on day three of the event, October 14th, and admission is included with GA and whale passes. Check out all the details at b.tc forward slash conference and use promo code BMLIVE for 10% off. Ticket prices increase on August 21st, so grab your tickets today for €299 for a GA ticket and 3,499 euros for VIP whale passes. The censorship-resistant issue of the Bitcoin Magazine print edition is available now. Grab your copy at your local Barnes & Noble store or head on over to the Bitcoin Magazine store and use promo code BMLIVE to get 10% off of your order today.